featuring Dallas Penn. Your internet, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Get listen. ready for combat. Shit. Listen, 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 listen right now. This is one from the archives. This is one of the lost tapes that we never released. We did this episode. We taped this episode, what, like what, October? About to come in your ear holes right now. Pause. Halloween. Pause. Halloween, this is October. Something like Halloween, that. Halloween, we interviewed, you know, the esteemed writer on the come up. Jeff Weiss, but I don't even want to say come up. Not on the come up. I mean, this this guy's in in the L.A. Times. He's, this guy's all over the place. This guy's in L.A. Weekly. This guy's Hollywood. This, this guy's all over the place. This fucktard is Hollywood. Listen, Shit. But but also, you know, we I, I announced this before, but you know, Jeff Weiss, Weiss and his show, Shots Fired, is part of our network right now. It's part of the loudspeakers network. It's part of the loudspeakers network. Shots fired, and which we talk about, you know, journalism and lack of diversity with when it comes down to writers and you know, are white journalists now covering hip hop better than black journalists? And what the hell's going on? Never. This is a throwback. It's not really a throwback because it never came out. We've been sitting on this, marinating it, and now that you know they're officially shots fired is officially a part. The loudspeakers network, man. We about to fire this shot. Give him right a round here. of applause. Yeah. Round of applause. Jeff. Yo, one thing I was surprised they when shooting. I met Jeff, though, is don't 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 get it twisted. Like he his pen game is all right. It's crazy, and you know you think might think he's like some geeky white boy, but he's brawlic, dude. I, 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 I met I, Jeff for the first Jeff time. Jeff is a tall brawler, dude. He's a bro- he will knock you the fuck out. I don't know but I, that he was tall and brawler. He was tall and brawler. The dude was you might not have you might have slept. That dude, he's, he's lumberjacking. Certainly, Yo, you swing with that on him. You swing on him. He will n- swing that what jaw. The fuck you. He will swing that jaw. Premium piece. I, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> he will swing that jaw. I know. I, all I know is that you you met him before, right? Yeah, I met him at eighty three C. He's he's lumberjacky, right? I mean, I mean. I don't know that Jeff is, is knocking people out with one punch, but he's definitely husky in the three, three. On on a third punch. He's in the gym. He's in the gym. On a, on a third punch, on a third punch, clean punch, Jeff will put you down. Yeah. Comment. Not on the first punch. Tall white boy with with, 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 with diesel? Long hair. I'll tell you one thing. I thought he was Bid. on Coke. Uh, you thought he was on Coke? I, I did. And the internet Jeff Wise does Coke? I don't know. Passion of the White. I thought he did powder. Powder. I mean, if you listen to the episode, obviously the guy definitely nah, he was very lucid to me. Mm. He has gems. He has gems in there. He has some gems. He talked about the West Coast scene and mm-hmm. a lot of things. And you know, and he's passionate. And we fuck with people passionate that are passionate wife. people. But I'll tell you one thing. You may think that he may have been on that powder. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't think. But um, as a good observation, listen, I don't know what's going on with my when, speech When you tonight. see Jeff, he doesn't look like he would fuck with the powder, though. Maybe he was fucking with some weed that had some like that Sprite. <laughs> Ketamine. Shit. You know, some, some ketamine, some, or maybe some special K. Some weed that was some weed that was hopped up. Because I mean, when you look at Jeff, Jeff is definitely like you know your mountain climbing A and R who has an electric guitar. I, 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 I like that, but 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 since when did white people not fuck with cocaine? Some white, white people, people fuck, fuck with cocaine. You can't what put you everybody about? in a lump. Crack. You can't discriminate. All and, white and people do not prejudiced. fuck with cocaine. Pete, you can't just say everybody does. You something. don't fuck with cocaine. I like mean, that. listen. Did you fuck with cocaine when no, you fuck no. with all Pete, the drugs in your uh, Could you imagine system? Pete with cocaine? <laughs> no. Like, Pete is already oh, I'm unsettled. already getting skeeved and, out with and, this and, dude. And, and anxious. Yeah. On cocaine, this guy would be like. Pete, you never did cocaine, right? Now, nah, the only time I ever uh, was, I was bagging. I mean, I can say woolas. this. I can say this. No, no, no. I used to smoke woolas. I, I, I was bagging up. Like, we used to bag up. 
You uh, should lick your fingers. And um, you licked your fingers. Bagging nah, up, baby. It went in my paws. It went in my paws. It went in your paws. And um, I was bouncing off the wall. Yeah, I was bouncing off the wall. Did you put your finger in your behind and you got hot up from cocaine like it was a suppository? Cold coolo. What happened to you, Pete? Copository? <laughs> Copository? Ice Coolo. Listen, internet. <laughs> we're, we're wilding. We're wilding. We're wilding but, right now. But, but Jeff Weiss, Passion of the Weiss. Passion of the Weiss. No can On do. the Combat Jack Show. What Cheer. E. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Internet, do me a favor. You know what it is? Go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, comment. Boost our iTunes game up. They fucks with us and they fucks with you. Internets fucks with iTunes. Salute to i salutes to i uh, SoundCloud. Salutes to uh, what's the other shit we're on right now? iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Stitcher, Bodegas. Nah, not not no Bodegas, man. Shouts out to everybody that fucks with the Combat Jack Show. Internets. We have a special guest tonight. We have Jeff Weiss in the building, author of Tupac versus Biggie. What's going on, Jeff? Not much. Just in New York, got ripped off by a Sherpa. You got ripped off. Yeah, I got ripped off by a Sherpa. When I got picked up at the, I got in the yellow cab at the airport. Yeah, and it was uh, which airport? Uh, JFK. JFK. And uh, wait, didn't the, didn't the? I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, please. Didn't the fucking like meter, like the cab maid or whatever, give you like a ticket or some shit? No, no ticket. Though I, I was told like it was like forty or fifty dollar flat rate. Okay. Next thing I know, I'm in a cab with a Sherpa, which I didn't realize is from JFK to Brooklyn, right? From JFK to Brooklyn, did not realize that a Sherpa is uh, an ethnicity as well as a, the trekker that takes you up to the top of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so then, you know, it starts telling me about Nepalese history. <laughs> Give me the whole, we're talking, you know, like there was like a murder a few years ago in Nepal, all kinds of like history telling me about his people. Next thing I know, it's a $68 cab ride before tip. $68. Yeah, it was 80 So $80. It was $78. From JFK to Brooklyn? I didn't know that it was. It was how was the traffic? Light. It was like nine o'clock. Yeah, at night. you got robbed. by a Sherpa. Well, man, I hope the rest of you stay here. It's been good. It's good, man. Why uh, Tupac versus Biggie, man? Um, you know, I feel like because I was growing up at the time when, like, you you know, you had to choose kind of between Tupac and Biggie, right. like, ever you know, whether you're in L.A. or in New York. And you grew up in L.A. I grew up in L.A. So I'd imagine you were team team Tupac. You know, I, I think I can admit this now that I'm right. on a New York podcast, but uh, you know, most of the promotions ever. But I was I was definitely more of a I, I at first was I liked both and then kind of hit him up happened and never you know who shot hit him it. up was a powerful song man yeah I think mm. that's still probably the best diss song ever made in my opinion it w- it's either that or the bridge is over yeah the bridge is over is yeah. I mean yeah of their gener I feel like it's almost like of that generation of, ge- th- of that generation yeah. no doubt no yeah. doubt definitely yeah. I don't know though ether and yeah. takeover which were what did you prefer ether or takeover um ether you prefer I see I prefer takeover. But I also prefer real motherfucking G's to fuck with Dre Day. But hit him up, but hit him up was so, so raw, man. I mean, I never forget, man, when the Grand Cherokee just came out. My boy had a red one, the rims on it with a system and a big box in the back, and hit him up was just so powerful, man. Like just the way people were called out. It just was like one of those "fuck you" and I'm gonna spit out the I, window type. I, yeah, because it's it's like the worst thing you can say to somebody else. It's like the first words of the song. Well, actually, the first words of the song are "I ain't got no motherfucking friends," which shows how mm. crazy he was. Right. And then this, everybody ever remembers, "I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker." Yeah, you're on the couch. So, 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 tell us about. Okay, so tell us about you know what led to you writing this book. So you know, just basically, you know, we were talking to a publisher and like you know they proposed the idea, and I was interested in it because I thought like most of the time when you're writing about. Biggie and Tupac there's all this like dogma that's acquired you know all this like we've just had to deal with I mean there's a lot of great writing also that's come from Cheo Hardari Coker did an amazing thing yes. 
Kevin Powell did some amazing interviews for Vibe. Daniel Wilson did some amazing, uh, or not Daniel Wilson, um, but, uh, Daniel Smith. Daniel, yes, Mrs. Uh, Wilson. Mrs. Wilson yes. did some amazing interviews for Vibe, and I relied pretty heavily on that because obviously I couldn't interview Tupac. But I think it like now that all this time has passed, it it kind of provides a new opportunity to kind of look at them on their own terms, not just as these like mythological figures and try to also like focus on the music because the music is always and I feel like now in this internet climate it's kind of the same thing where we focus on everything but the music mm. and with Tupac and Big I mean especially Tupac had le- left such a big catalog that there's a lot to kind of talk about whereas Biggie just two perfect albums right now now why the wax figures on the cover man yeah I don't know we need to get that you got, you got the wax if they ever do is, another is this, printing yeah like what's up with that how did this come about man because it's, I don't know, it's such a unique fucking we cover we might have man. the hookup with Madame Tussauds or something <laughs> <laughs> like so you, you didn't you, uh, this is all the publishers you just saw the public they did all the art I just did the words oh, so so tell me more about this book man T- like like what what's in it that we that the readers can expect I like to think that, you know, you also have the benefit of, like, the last 15 years of legacy, like, about Tupac and Biggie, where they are. I think, like, we talked a lot about, like, the, how they looked at a double album. We talked about the culture and what kind of figures they represent and, like, why they have... Because I feel like, you know, everyone loves Big, but, like, Tupac managed to kind of have this popularity that's gone way beyond America. I mean, right. if you go to Sub-Saharan Africa, there's murals, and, and you can buy, like, Tupac. And there's Tupac gangs and a whole nine. Yeah, and he... I, I feel like he he kind of became like this like cultural totem whereas Biggie just like is just one of the greatest rappers of all time if not the greatest rapper right. of all time and what do you attrib- attribute that to man I, I think I think Tupac was almost one of the first like kind of what we call now like a mod- like what, what Kanye is doing now when Kanye was yelling at Jimmy Kimmel like I am Pac I am Pac Tupac was the first to get that where he took all the, I mean also the acting right. you can't I mean like that he was the first I mean I guess you could say Cube and, and Boys in the Hood but Tupac was really the first one where everyone was like that guy's a great actor you know because I mean basically the last two years of his life he's basically playing Bishop from Juice and right exactly his method acting his he, life. he didn't stop acting yeah and, and for like a reality show culture I mean can you imagine if like Twitter like all that mm. shit like it's just Tupac was like perfect for all like where it was kind of going whereas Biggie was almost like he was that like hip hop had almost been building to that like the New York rap culture had been big to that and like this was like I mean you, you know, obviously you have, you have a Nas at the, coming out at the same time you have all Wu-Tang coming out at the same time you got Jay-Z who Jay-Z. was like in the, in the wings at the time yeah like so so in terms of rap style man who do you prefer man Biggie or Tupac in terms of style I mean I think style you have to say Biggie because right. just the, I also like as a writer you know what I mean? As a writer, I don't know if there's ever a rapper that used words so per like every he he had the ability to make like every word rhyme and like he just you know just weird like you know like like the cookies you know the milk was chocolate the cookies butter crunch like little lines like right. that the details yeah he was a smooth motherfucker. Now yeah. I noticed you broke this book up with between yourself and your co-author yeah. and you handled the Tupac sections yeah, and your, the Tupac your, section. your co-author handled the Biggie sections. Yeah. How did that work, man? Is this, does it, is, is it like completely separate or you guys it was intertwine cool. your, your... It's kind of cool because it was like sort of like, it's almost like like a like a rapper email. I, not, not to compare it to a rapper because it's kind of corny, but like, you know, you're like emailing back and forth. So you kind of had to bring it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's almost like he sent over his verse basically. And then I So was you like, guys were kind of like battling exactly in this book. Yeah. How, so, how, does, that, how does that work, man? I mean, I mean, I got to read it. I definitely got to read it. I haven't had the opportunity to read the book. I just, I just got to. It copy. was just like a Thank general you. outline, and then like we would both just send it like back and forth, and just kind of wherever it would go. It's almost like, I, you know, and and we we knew like so it would be like okay, double album. So they both had double albums. So I'll write about all eyes on me. He'll write about life after death. The style of this book, yeah, is I, you guys battling each other. Well, it's just also like what they represent. You know what I mean? Like you have a guy like Biggie who is just like we said, like he's this totemic New York figure. And then you have like Tupac. All right, what I think is interesting about Tupac guys like. 
born in New York City in Harlem. You know, he play, he he did Raisin in the Sun at the Apollo Theater. First 10 years of his life, I think he lived in 18 different apartments in uh, Manhattan and like the outer boroughs. It's a rough time. Struggle. Yeah. It's a yeah. struggle. And his mom, his mom was, all, you know, he comes from like Black Panther royalty, basically. His mom was, you know, when he first was born, she was still kind of had that fame going. She, she was getting, you know, flown all over, you know, the eastern seaboard to basically speak at colleges and everything. 70s kind of go on. She gets hooked on crack. Then he moved. Then they end up moving to. Uh, but I think that was. I think that was later when the drug problem hit. But then they moved to Baltimore. So he's almost kind and of he became MC New York. He right? was MC New York, right? And uh, so he becomes MC New York. Becomes best friends with Jada Smith. Is going to like this prestigious art school. Did he hit Jada Smith? Did he <sighs> tap that? I don't know. I I think Faith Evans. I got a pretty close confirmation on, but I, I never got any confirmation. But I was thinking like, wait, he did he really hit? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I heard he now, really at my book Faith? at the book reading in L.A. It was confirmed. I, I by, by by a very close by a very source. close reliable source. You just fucking hurt my heart, dude. <laughs> but who knows? Do you, do you, know, you talk you about this in the book? I didn't know it at the time. It right. was at the book reading. Okay, so what what's in your book that we don't know, man? Like like, and I I mean, of course, you got to sell your book, but what can we expect to hear that we did? Damn, Pac really hit faith. That's what that's what I heard <sighs> from someone close to him. What do you what do you think about the fact that both of these murders are still unsolved? I mean, I think they're solved if you t- even you, know, you probably you probably know like I mean, I hear things, but you know, I I haven't followed the case as closely as you writing this book. Yeah, well, there's a great book uh, that this guy Randall Sullivan wrote about uh, called Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, that was one of the main things that I and that that was pretty crazy about because it, it ties. Is it the about whole, the murders or is it about the system? It was like, about the murders and the Rampart scandal and right. how they were kind of intertwined because right. you know the cops that were accused of doing the murder, like Rafael Perez and David Mack, were like very closely connected to the Rampart scandal. I mean, I think that's what mo- I think. La- I mean, I think that's what really. Most so, so, so who killed these guys? If I had to guess, I, I mean, I think it had to do with those cops. I mean, if you think about it, look, Death Row was running with the most. Their whole Death Row security was provided by off-duty police officers. So then you're saying then it's not necessarily cops that it was Suge Knight. I'm not saying that on there. But <laughs> but you but. I I mean I th- if I had to guess I would say that. Yeah, I think it was by the off-duty police. I mean, because they were doing so many shady things, right. like you know, the huge drug transactions planning. I mean, the crash gang unit, the the crash unit in LA was basically a third gang, you know. So your Bloods Crips and then the crash unit, which is a reason why this thing hasn't been solved. Yeah. Well, what about Tupac? Well, and who, like, it, who killed Tupac? Who, I think yeah, my my guess is always what I've heard from people in LA was that it was actually like Crips. Crips. Like in in LA, like some real gang related shit, yeah. and it was what it was, and it wasn't a conspiracy. Yeah, I don't think so. And he's not alive. <laughs> Tupac is not alive. No, I think after that Tiger song where he sampled him this year, would have he would have right. came out of hiding. So, so what? What are the view? What, what, what are the views that you're getting with this book, man? What reviews? Yeah, how's it? it's been. Yeah, it's been getting uh, the Irish Times did something which was pretty crazy. Irish Times. The Irish Times. What, what are the Irish saying about this? They man? said have another beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They must. They like the substance abuse, and uh, yeah, no, they uh, they liked it. Um, I did the Village Voice did something cool. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Remember. Yeah. So you, are you doing a lot of speaking engagements right now, man? No, I haven't done any. When, if anyone's when, listening. Is this book out? <laughs> yeah, it's out. When did it come out, man? It came out like two months ago, three two, months two ago. Two months ago? Yeah. Okay, because I, I just recently got an excerpt. I think it was like maybe about a month ago. Yeah. Which is when it... When it when we it, did an excerpt in the Red Bull Music Academy. Yeah. We did an excerpt in LA Weekly. I wrote a column okay. about it. Okay. Yeah. So how's it doing? Uh, I don't know. We haven't had sales figures yet. Okay. Now you're yeah. really busy, man. Like you're, you're doing your podcast, man. Shots fired. Tell us about that, man. Shots fired? Yeah. It's me and my partner, No Can Do, and basically it was about 
you know, we actually, it originally started, we wanted to do kind of a sketch comedy show, like making fun of hip hop kind of like, but I didn't want to, you know, I, I thought it was cool that he's, he's a rapper. Yeah, he's he's been doing this for ten and, years, and he's a he's a good battle rapper. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was he won Scribble Jam. He was one of the best battle rappers. And then now, what is Scribble like? What is Scribble Jam? Scribble Jam was basically this like freestyle hip hop, you know, rap competition that I think it started in the late nineties, and then you know it was a proving ground for like Eminem, Rhyme Fest, okay. Juice, and then he won it in two thousand seven, and then kind of what he also came from uh, Project Bloat, which is right. uh kind of like it's like book, it's a college, you know, it's like rap college. So basically, you a know, collective of like. Ill lyricist, yeah. Shit. So freestyle fellowship and AC alone was like his mentor. Okay, took him on the country around with him. I mean, produced like Bus Driver, is another great uh, open mic eagle, and so he just kind of became, you know. And then like I think around two thousand five, two thousand six, word came around to Daddy Kev, who was a producer, uh, worked with Fellowship. He had his own label called Ubiquity Records at the time. Oh, I don't think he did. Ubiquity. He did Celestial, I think. And uh, so he, you know, was asking around like, who's the best rapper? Project Bloat, and everyone said no can do because he just was he was a beast, right. and he still is. And I've seen some of his battles on YouTube. Yeah, and he and he basically got a deal at Alpha Pup Records, and then kind of learned. Then at that point, he kind of learned how to make to records. become a create an artist, a recording artist. Yeah, right. Yeah, which I mean, there's like a a lot of people. I think there's a stigma attached to a lot of battle rappers. But I mean, if you think about it, like Eminem was a battle rapper. Rhyme Fest was a battle. Rapper. I mean, there's you know. Dose One was doing a lot of battles. Supernatural idea. was a battle rapper. Supernatural is still yeah. a battle still rapper. Still a battle rapper, right. yeah, exactly. But that guy can, you pull out anything out of your pocket. That guy, you I can used to it. work with Supernatural, yeah. and I remember he came to my office with that album. Yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this, B? Yeah. And that was the last album he ever recorded. Yeah, it didn't work for Jin either. No, not. So how'd you guys link up, man? We I did a story on him for the LA. Well, the first time I went to Low End Theory, um, I saw him on stage rapping, and I was like... Is this a club, or is Low this... Low Theory, yeah. That, the idea was, like, an instrumental B-club, nothing kind of like it. You know, I think they kind of felt that, like, hip-hop had gotten a little bit stale at the time. Right. And some of the rappers were kind of... Like, I think there was a general consensus that some of the rappers were kind of whack, so they are like, well, fuck it. And the thing is, what was cool about it was it felt like when I... The first time I ever went there, kind of a time where I think a lot of people were kind of bored with hip-hop for a while. Well, hip-hop was dead. It was the hip-hop was dead era. And yeah. I actually read an, an, an interview where you said around that time, this, this was really the official... Hip hop was dead. Period. Yeah, I think that's what we'll probably regard it. I mean, because it was a general consensus. There were, I and mean, there was good stuff coming out. But if you look at a place like LA, you look at a place like New York, which are typically considered like well, there were the centers. There right. weren't that many great rappers that were coming out. No, not at all. I the, mean, you had. I mean, this was under the shadow of uh, Fifty Cent. Yeah, and at least from the west, from the east coast, you had like the kind of like the petering out of like the Dipset movement. Totally, but nothing else really was popping, man. I yeah. mean, you started seeing like the ascension, really, of like yeah. the little Wayne, you know, uh, uh, rain. But I yeah. mean, I you know, yeah, I mean, there, and there was stuff like I'm a book. I like I covered Little Boosie's murder trial, and right. he, you know, his stuff was kind of popping in Louisiana. But yeah, I mean, I, and that that stuff obviously was was huge. But at the same time, like I feel like. LA like there was not much going on there was like the, there was a game and then that was it you can't really think I mean yeah like Blue was doing some cool stuff but like but you knew like as good as Blue was that at least I knew like, like he was not gonna pop no you know so I mean there wasn't that much going on at that time in LA and so basically low in theory you know all these producers started doing their thing and they were all like really informed by G-Funk I and mean, LA radio early to mid 90s early 2000s was amazing because you had the guys like the Baker Boys mm. that were just two dudes they were two young guys from from Bakersfield and they could play whatever they want so I remember when I was growing up you know you'd hear like 
diggable planets, but then you'd hear like real motherfucking G's. You'd hear stuff in the Chronic. You'd hear doggy style. And then you'd hear like random like stuff like like Domino Ghetto Jam or something. So they were limited by the by the playlist that 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 dominate the radio today. No, they would play like I mean now they'll still play like an occasionally. You know, YG's big. Right. Ty Dolla Sign is big. T Fly is big. So 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 you're hanging out at Low End Theory, and then you you start seeing this guy. Yeah, it was a bit like, and he would freestyle on stage, and I was like, man, I've been sleeping like you know because it's like when you're a journalist and you're trying to. You're, yeah, like it's impossible to cover say like LA or New York like completely thorough you know especially when you're writing all the time you can't go out to every club and so I saw him and, and that I, shit gets tiring right yeah well you gotta wake up early and fucking write yeah. and I run Passion of the Wife so I had to wake up and do that shit so right. it's like I saw him and he was killing freestyle and then you know I, I was like I should do a story on him his album came out Jimmy the Lock which I'm a big fan of Jimmy the Lock yeah so so you, how did you get this rapper to decide he was gonna do a podcast well, yeah we um we just like we grew up in the same like near each other in LA so it's like you know it's like we're about the same age you know he, he's just like a, he's a pretty funny smart guy you know he's got like three kids he's like a I don't know he just is, how many kids do you have man man I got no kids you have that no I, kids that I know and he has of. three kids and you guys yeah. are the same age yeah but that, he's, I think he's, that, he's putting in work huh he's a response he's, he's like the more responsible one right them. well obviously he's the more responsible one he wore he wears condoms or <laughs> Now what's going uh, on? Like, I, yeah. I met I met you guys at A3C. Yeah, thanks for coming out to our show. Oh, of course. What's going on with the little thing behind his neck, man? What's going on with the oh, tail? Oh, that dovetail. I don't that, know. That's what not hot. Like no, no can do. When you started mentioning a black dude with a tail or whatever, I fucking lost. I, I don't know. Does he get about. joked out for this tail? Nah, I wish he was here because I don't like talking <laughs> about people when they're not here. Nah, he's a good. I think he's a good enough rapper. Where uh, he also doesn't give a fuck. So I feel like it's, I could tell you didn't give a fuck because he's walking around Atlanta with the fucking thing. And, LA, and I just met him, and I'm like, it's distracting to me. Everyone's always high in LA, so it's like. So you know, it's like, he oh, that's smoke cool, though. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't though. smoke. No, he doesn't smoke. Okay, though. so you decided, you guys decided to do shots fired. Yeah, well, we were gonna do like we were gonna do it originally. Like we we're gonna do like a web show with right. like open mic eagle and then how did it morph into this podcast because the thing about you guys that's amazing is you guys ended up going to like the fucking Def Jam. Of podcast which is Earwolf just like a, we had like a mutual connection I think he, they were looking for music podcasts so okay. mutual friends because they usually do uh, uh, comedy podcasts yeah they launched three they right. launched three music podcasts right. it was us uh, Grantly Phillips who was like a singer songwriter from the 90s and the third was this guy Harmar Superstar okay and when did you guys launch this man actually we just had our 50 second episode this week today. so it's been about a year it's been a year yeah but how's it been for you guys man it's been good I, you know I like I was not like I think the only podcast I'd listened to before that was yours like I was not like a comedy podcast person right. and, I, and I for some reason it's, it's ill because our executive producer Chris Morrow keeps telling me you're in the podcast game so you yeah. gotta study podcasts yeah and I would fucking listen to a lot of podcasts I'm like this shit is not hot or it doesn't speak to my sense of, uh, it's not hot to me yeah you know yeah. what I mean yeah I mean it, it's like there's some you know some, it just depends on the episode I think it depends on the comedian so so this the reason why I keep sticking with the podcast thing is because this interesting is happening right now yeah. where um, I guess your run with Earwolf yeah is coming to an end we're free agents you guys are free agents yeah but the good thing is... We're doing is, steroids and trying to yeah, get a Yeah, so the thing is, we've been the, talking to Earwolf a lot, and they suggested that you guys join forces with us and come under the, the, the loudspeakers network. Yeah, like Voltron. So so it's, so it's kind of ill because I'm trying to get into your history and trying to think of the possibilities of what this whole thing is going to be with, with, no, with shots fired under the network, man. I'm hoping world domination. World domination. Groupies. Well, you, the thing is, you guys have a... Trips to, yeah. You know, we don't have groupies, though. Trips to, you, you trips have, to KOD. 
No man who's more into that than I am. Yeah, comment to strip club I'm a married man. Comment to well, married men. You should, men, you should talk to No Can Do about that because his theory is that he can only go to a strip club because he's a married man. Really? Because it's his only outlet. And his lady Where, allows him to go yeah, to strip clubs. Does like, she go to strip clubs with him? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, she doesn't. Yeah, he, yeah. Dude, see, but there's a new age couple, uh, you know, uh, gatherings. See, I really fuck with the new age couples because what they do is like, if they get married and say their husband wants a, you know, a little uh, smash on the side, they recruit. See, people in combat stage, yeah. they don't do that. They're very well, devoted no, and loyal. Before you start generalizing shit, right, listen. No, I, I, think that, I think that you, is a more of a modern reality. But no, no, my wife, when we were in Atlanta, was really for the first time mm. open about going to a strip club. We just didn't do it because it didn't happen. You didn't fucking go? Because we, there was so much shit to do when we was in What Atlanta. shit to fucking tell people about what we fucking... Man, we were uh, running around. I was taking care of business, Pete. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, That's and, business. So anyway, man, so we might be like internets. Like, this is really big news. Like, like shots fired. We're really talking about shots fired coming under the, the, the loudspeakers network. So, you know. So, but, but it's interesting now because you're coming from the majors. And in a sense, like, like now you're joining the Negro Leagues, man. You guys are Satchel Paige and Josh, you get, yeah, Josh we're knock, Gibson. We're, we're knocking it out the park. I'm man. trying to be cool Papa Bell. He can be <laughs> he can be a young Hank Aaron. <laughs> okay, now now you guys seem to have the, the, the L.A. scene on lock. Yeah, and, well, and, I don't want to say that. But yeah, I mean, but, we try to do the best we can. Right. Yeah. Now, why do you think, man, that, and I hate saying this, but I, I have to admit this, and I covered this a couple of years ago in The Source, but I think the big, the best school of rappers right now coming out of LA man uh, yeah I mean technically I w- well I think like I mean obviously it kind of starts with Kendrick right. I feel like and that I, feel- I mean it definitely starts with TDE but yeah. I remember when I thought about the story yeah I was looking at Kendrick but I was also looking this was like two two and a half years ago but just about the lyrical de- dexterity that, that that fucking odd future had yeah like what wh- what's going on right now with LA why is that such because traditionally that's not the case yeah well I mean if you look at like a guy like Kendrick right you right. know he was studying like corrupt like that I mean the guy said the first song I ever heard from Kendrick was a song called Corrupted right and that was just him basically trying to like do it was like an homage to corrupt right so when that's kind of your like you know it's like he's like the west coast kind of I call him probably a cool G rap you know in LA like he would be that in in the LA kind of and then you have like Off Future, which I think is interesting about Off Future because they were taking like MF Doom and the stuff on Stone's Throw because that right. stuff is pretty he- pretty popular in LA, like all the stuff in the Stone's Throw label. So maybe it might not have gotten national attention, but these kids were kind of listening to these outsider music, you know. And also like the you know the G Funk thing had been real stale. The yeah, that shit, had, that, that stale. shit had run run itself into the ground. <laughs> See, what's interesting to me about this new school of LA rappers is you take a guy like Schoolboy Q, who's a Hoover Crip, right? But he doesn't really talk about being a Hoover Crip like necessarily. Everyone knows it, but he's not using like. His gang affiliation. Well, from like what a I understand, they're kind of like anti-gang in a sense. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're anti-gang, but they're in the sense that, like, I mean, J Rock is a blood. Okay. Q's a crip, and Absol and Kendrick are just like rapidy rappers. So, is that supposed to? Has that ever happened before? Like, have you been? Have you had like intra intra gang rap groups? I bet there has been, right. but he was. So, so, good, good so, point. so the hottest group right now, TDE. Yeah. I think I think Kendrick is is number one. Kendrick it's, is already the king of New York okay. right now. Who said that? You? Kendrick. Corrupt. You, you, <laughs> yeah, that was a corrupt line too. That he. Yeah. yeah. Do you that like be, Drake? No. No. Why not? 
you know, I think he's a smart guy. I, I find like a cynicism into his music. I feel like he kind of he's like he kind of has like the game genie. Like he knows what the, he's the guy that read the game. You know, the book, the game, where right, it's like yeah. he's got the pickup lines, right. and he's got <laughs> selling pickup lines to like everybody in the world. But like you know, if you read that interview, I don't know if you saw a hip hop DX interview where he's talking, but he's like you know, he's like I don't understand why everyone's pigeonholing me as a sad guy. I'm really a happy guy, and I'm like, of course you're a really happy guy. Who, sitting on top of the world. It seems over time that so many men claim they hate Drake but then in reality they love all his music they like all his music they know all his words well, I, here's the thing I think I'm not saying you no, do no, I'm no, not no, throwing no. shots at you no no I'm just saying I see it all the time I mean I I literally I remember totally, I agree yeah huh? I, I think it's stupid to go on also and give a blanket statement and be like Drake sucks everything he's ever done is right. stupid like hold on we're going home is a good song the motto is a good song he's made good song Be- best I ever had is like I, it's, I don't like that song I turn on the radio when it comes on but I can't not acknowledge it's a right. good well made pop song there's something just a little too smooth about him you know what I mean he's the dude whose like face is just a little too shiny or you he know he got like, everything <laughs> growing up I, I he, like, didn't, he didn't really start at the bottom yeah, is that what it is oh, I, what I heard was that uh was that that was a few they were in the studio I don't know if this is true but this is what I heard from a pretty big rapper you know, off the, he was like, an, this is an off the record. And he was like, you know, yeah, alleged, this is all, allegedly. Um, but he was like, you know, Future said, like, start from the bottom, now we're here. And then Drake was like, huh? And then he's like, what was that? And he's like, I don't know, some shit we just said. You know, and so then. Some spur of the moment shit. Yeah. Now, I mean, on, the, on the other end, Kendrick really, he looks like he's getting angrier and angrier. He's getting in that. Well, he's he always had the Eminem influence. Right. And he's like, I call it like the screaming at you. He's like, stop. He's like yelling at me. Stop yelling at me, dad, Flo. He's right. got that yeah, shit, yeah. you know. But why is he so angry, though? Like he's on top of the world right now. Well, if right you now. think about Kendrick, like you know, he, what was that line in the Black Hippie Black Lip Bastard remix? Where he's like, "I've got a collage of everyone I've despised since the moment I turned five. Like he's always had that chip. So on he's his got shoulder. issues. No, I just think that like when you're, <laughs> he's a little guy. He's he is a little guy. He is. Not and tall. and our friend uh, Byron Crawford likes to call him Hobbit hands. Shout out to shout out to Bull. Shout out to Bull. Pi- and we'll, we'll get into that into our next yeah. segment. But so, but why is he so fucking angry, man? I, I, if you look at his music, like he has a very strong opinion. I mean, he's anti-drug. He's mm-hmm. anti-Molly. So he's straight edge. I don't Does know he drink? I saw him smoke a blunt once. Right. Okay, he, but he's 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 not. Tries ninja. <laughs> but he grew up also. I mean, like he grew up. I mean, that, I think that's one of the reasons why Good Kid, Mad City is so powerful. Is like even from, starting with the cover. Like you look at him, this little baby. There's the baby, you know, the baby bottle of formula, and then there's the malt liquor bottle. Mm. So he grew up in Compton, like ravaged by crack, ravaged by alcoholism. He saw his dad, you know, his grandfather have struggles. You know, he's seen all this, and I think like it's natural to have a backlash. So it's like it's interesting how every generation the pendulum swips. So you have a swimming pools drank with an anti-drinking song. And it's the, I, I always have thought it's the anti gin and juice. Right. You know. Wait, wait. Swimming pools is anti drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even fucking know that, man. That's why his uncle. Okay. I mean, I I thought he. Uh, it's such a great. That's fucking why song. it's so brilliant. It's such a great fucking yeah. song, man. Yeah. So who's next coming up on the LA scene? Nipsey's popular. Nipsey's well, been Nipsey's, popular. Nipsey's really hot right now. He's got everybody that complex paying attention. Well, that complex interview was like it was a hip hop quotable. He was pissed off, man. Yeah. Well, he had you know. He did had, you did you think he was valid though? Yeah, I did think he was valid. So. You're a music journalist. Yeah. He's saying, basically, who are you to judge my music if you haven't lived my life? I think there's a... Vol- well, here's the thing. Right? I, I I, isn't that, yeah, isn't that the yeah. basis of his argument? I think the point... I think, and as like a hip-hop journalist, it's not your... You don't have to like it. And that's what right. I was telling you. I was like, you know what? Like, that's, a, that's an easy thing for a rapper to say and be like, you're like a dorky white kid. How can you understand my music? But that said... It's, he's not making music for you. Right. So, like, you have to come into it understanding he's not making music for you. That You can still not like it on, on a kind of... You might not be... It might not transcend the way, like, a Kendrick's does or a Schoolboy Q's does, but you have to understand where... You have to at least attempt to understand why where he's coming from, why he's making it, right. what his situation's yeah, are like. Yeah, but music is... I mean, but then doesn't that give the artist 
always an excuse. No, it does. It, I because, for you. example, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to like it. I don't necessarily like Nicki Minaj's music. Yeah, but I like her talent. Yeah, and my caveat before I say anything yeah. is her music is not for me. Totally. There, and you I can think say that about Drake too, right? You know, like, and there's I mean, nothing wrong with that. And there's no. nothing wrong with that. But yeah. what? But when you start, I mean, still, music is presented <laughs> to be critiqued. No. Yeah. Well, it, it is. I think it's when people make statements that maybe aren't. They're just ill-informed because their statement was because he was like the biggest, it's one of the top yeah. ten underachievers, and that's kind of like not really critiquing him, but it's still critiquing his career. Yeah. I mean, it's you know what? Like, I, I like I also see both sides, so I feel for the music writers that are doing it right. because this shit is not like how it was. Where like I was. You know, I'm doing a column for Pitchfork where it's like I'm going back and examining an album that came out 20 years ago this month. So my first one was Souls and Mischief, 93 till infinity. Right. So I went back and was reading the Vibe magazine article from 1993, right? They flew this girl out there for four days. She got four days in Oakland spending all this time with Souls and Mischief, like going around, seeing where they eat, seeing the slang, seeing all the stuff. Now you can't, you can't, you can't get that. No. There's no one that's going to, I mean, you might get one. I mean, and, and to be fair, like, you know, Spin is sending me out to do a couple of cool things and, but like you're not getting that like I went out to cover like I said like I covered Little Boosie's murder trial last year for Rolling Stone but they weren't paying my expenses mm. that was me just going out there being being like oh, this is a great story and I, I want to write this I want to write about right. it because nobody else is and if I don't write about it I know nobody else is going to write about it and you know I don't think I I, I still don't think that story has been told to the fullest <clears throat> I mean, Louisiana hip hop is a is a it's a different like it's a whole different thing. I went out there the first night I was there and uh I met this shout out DJ Oboyer. I was probably not listening to it, but he was like, they're like, you need to meet DJ Oboyer. They're like, that's the guy Wait, you need to DJ talk to. DJ what? Your boy Earl. Your boy Earl. Your boy Earl. Your and boy he knows Earl. everything about Louisiana. He's the DJ on K Max, okay. which is the bat. You speak really fast, man. Yeah, man. flying. Man. You're, 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 you on yeah. Coke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Are you on Coke, man? So much Coke. No, no, no. no. I see uh, you I've work never, out. I've too, never man. done Coke. Actually. You work out, huh? Yeah, steroids. Okay. No, I do work out. Yeah. Listen, uh, but before go. we go okay. to break, I I'm just want to, I just want to say, in 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 retrospect, to what he was saying, it's funny how, you know, he's saying they flew her out. Like, you know, Primo tweeted earlier, and I retweeted him. He wrote, "The '90s era labels will let you hang out with the artists and build a banging jam." Now the A&Rs want to be the artist and choose what's hot. That's Get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy they say it because it's so true how you say like they let you spend time and really get an article out yeah. there and really build with somebody. But you had more time then. Yeah. I mean, look, time, I there, say, there's no time for look anything at, Look right at now. the movie CB4. Yeah. Like that, I was like, that's the kind of journalism I want to do. Like CB4, like that girl. You want to be embedded. You're finding the story, right. you know, and now it's like, all right, you got one hour. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm about to do an interview with Azalea Banks next week, right? Okay. And like, they're like, she wants to do it in 45 minutes while she's getting ready for the photo shoot. And I'm like, no. Not on this show, bitch. You don't do that. <laughs> when, when you come on this show. Because nobody is, like, truthfully, like, nobody is unimportant because, <laughs> you know, you're not, you won't be around next. I mean, she might be around next year, but most of the, like, you know. Listen, make sure you get the look at her ass. That's it. Internet, you tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Jeff Weiss, Passionate Weiss, in the building with us. Yo, Jeff, man, we, uh, during our break, I was talking about how we kind of came up together in this bloggers like the golden age of like hip-hop blogging back in the 05 era yeah like let's talk about that man it was i mean like i i first started i first started it because it was this weird time where there was only the print magazines and blogging seemed like it, it seemed like it was a great medium because it put a premium on writing and i think someone said once that they were like the coolest thing about blogging is it no longer meant that you, your dad had to know somebody for you to get a journalism mm, job right you know and that was just like it's a shown proof all right you can write you know some go for it and then that was cool because there were all these bloggers that were like, okay, we're going to write a 2,000 word essay once a day. Shit, the days of the 2,000 yeah. word posts. And then someone realized that you can do 2,100 word posts. 
you know <laughs> and now shit was over and then, because you remember that rappers didn't even know about the internet at the time no like, not most, at all like, rappers were like, executives I mean that, that's the time when even uh, no shots but Elliot Wilson was anti-internet I mean it was like a natural I mean I remember like you know thinking oh who's gonna ever take these but for me I was reading all the stuff and you know it was kind what of what were you reading like did you create your shit out of a vacuum or what inspired you I to start grew, writing you know like I've always like I've always wanted to um like I've always been like a fiction nerd like and stuff like that so that was always like my first like love was reading fiction and right. stuff so I but I never really was a, I, I had the source that was that was like my bible from when I was a kid like when I was 13 years old I discovered the source and that was all I read every month that was how I bought records if I had if I had the money to buy I only had the money to buy a four mic record you know what I mean and I would right. always look for it used and I would just search for every four mic record sometimes you'd like take a risk on a three and a half mic record right uh, man I, Outcast Italians was like my favorite record when I was I mean Wu-Tang every, I remember the first time I heard Liquid Swords mm. and that was just that was I, I, got, a, I got a purple tape I was 13 uh, uh, I'm, gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what I miss about those days though man like 05 and it's not that long ago and I don't want to sound like the old man it's 8 years though it's a, but, it's but it, it was a small community of us that was rapping I remember totally. I mean writing I remember yeah, you would you, find out via blog roll like you'd look at somebody else's blog roll or you'd comment on someone's site and they would check out your site yeah so I remember I mean of course to me like the you know the, the ground zero to me was, was, was Byron Crawford yeah was, and it was, it was yeah and, I was reading and, Bull and and branching out from Byron Crawford, I learned about you. I learned about SK. I learned about Dallas, Dallas Penn. Yeah. And it was it, so. What happened to that period, man? I think it just became it became corporate. It right. became they figured out like like I said, like Passion the Weiss, like Elliot. Elliot got to to, to double XL. Yeah. Then they started well, hiring everybody in a sense. But it's I think it's more than that. I think it's like right now it's like all these like okay. So for instance, like Passion the Weiss might break an artist. So we broke a, like a good amount of artists, but. Once it goes up the food chain, right? And you can't you can't forget smoking section. Smoking section. Smoking section. I've I've fuck with John Gotti. Yeah, John Gotti's a good man, and those guys, you know, and they. Yeah, they, and I don't mean to leave anybody. Totally, out. of I'm course just, not. No, we're just off the top of our right. head. But they um cocaine blunts. Yeah, you know, yeah. Robbie uncut. Yeah, Robbie uncut was doing some great work. I mean, and there were a lot of other like I, there was a blog aquarium drunkard that was posting like weird kind of rock shit and like psychedelic gorilla versus bear. I was reading a lot of those too. I mean, I was also at the time reading uh, a lot of Bomani Jones because Bomani yeah. was. I mean, nef- not nothing. Not straight banging. I don't know if you ever read Joey. I, I read some straight banging. Yeah, Joey was uh, one of my, it was Joey was actually one of my favorite writers right. when I first started because he, he had that New York perspective and kind of. You know, it was like it seemed very sensible what Joey was saying. So you're saying that the game got corporatized? I th- well, I think and it trickled into well, the blogs. I, th- I think well, here's what happened. I think all right. So everyone discovered. So like you break an artist, right? So passionate ways say we break an artist, right? right. By the time they are, right, so maybe they get signed to a label. They're never going to give us a premiere. They're like we're we're going to always get everything third hand at that right. time. It doesn't right. matter if you broke the artist. So how are you going to compete? So say like they're like, well, why wouldn't we go to? a noisy or something or whatever it is you know because they have way more readers than us they're going to get way more traction you can't blame the artist but at the same time like that creates like an ecosystem where uh, you and like for me i'm doing all these other freelance jobs i'm trying to you know i'm doing this just strictly out of uh, the love i mean it's not out of the fucking money you can only do so many posts a day right, exactly. it's, who can do if you can do 30 posts a day you get 30 clicks you get galleries you get slideshows yeah, and, and it became about page views as opposed it's to like really views. just lists because back then it felt like the blogger was the new rapper yeah, like well, it was that brief period you had a where you had you had blog stars. Yeah, I mean no groupies though. Yeah, no. Well, I mean you had e groupies. I had e groupies, <laughs> but I, I never met them. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, it's interesting because I even remember back then when I started writing. I think I, you reached out to me yeah, about so. joining the Passion of the Weiss Army, man. Did I? 
Oh I yeah, think, I think so, man. I should have. <laughs> I hope I did. I think so, but you know, it was it was weird because it was. It well, was... when you first started doing it, because uh, that was a perspective that I think a lot of people didn't have. Because like you know, I think everyone was young. I was young. I was like you know, really early twenties, right. and I only knew what I you know a limited amount of what I. What didn't... you heard from the records and the videos and what you read? Yeah, about. what I read. Right. Yeah, but like you know, I didn't have like I mean I'd been to shows, but I didn't have the deepest understanding of like New York hip hop. I had no you know other than what I would like from watching videos, right. You know, and then like you had all these crazy stories about like you know smoking weed with Tupac and smoking like weed, well, smoking smoke, Tupac's weed, smoking Tupac's weed. I never smoked <laughs> with Tupac. Stealing what, was what a Helly Hansen vest? <laughs> no, it was a it was a um, what was the leather? Uh, was, what was the fucking leather shit? The leather pellet. It was a Pelly Pelly with a horse yeah. on the back. It's the same right. jacket that I think he wore in um above Jude, the rim. Was, I think. Oh, uh, it, it was, was, I, was probably filming above the rim. It, in was, New York. it was yeah, it was above the rim. He was filming a a, a, a shoot. A movie and and one you know not only want to say one of my boys but one guy I was hanging out with stole his jacket backstage out in Queens and we ended up in fucking New Rochelle smoking Tupac's weed. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, but what I liked about Birding blocking back then is that you kids were writing shit and you got I I loved the the honesty and the passion and I was like you know I was at this weird place where I didn't know what I was gonna do next but I was like you know what since I'm gonna sit home anyway. I might as well write these same kind of stories, but from a different perspective. Yeah, and I was actually shocked that it kind of caught on because I I thought that the the I thought blogging you write something online and it just goes into this vast ocean. Yeah. So I just I li- still think that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I literally I still get to this day I get surprised when people yeah acknowledge your work, man. Yeah. I, well, LA is different. In New York, like I feel like people read the internet more like in LA like so? nobody really yeah, well you like, think it's because of the, t- the, the way I just think it's a media climate right. it's you know it's it's all the publications are based out of here still right like you know people like people read blogs no, like nobody like I was talking about this the other day like we're there, like Kevin Gates I don't know if you've ever heard Kevin yeah. Gates Kevin Gates Starlito and Don Tripp are doing a tour right now if they came to New York I'd say they maybe 150-200 people if they came to LA I'd say they'd get 20 mm. maybe, not 20 but like they'd get like 75 but, but LA is spread out too man I mean it, yeah. it, it's still but they're not on the blogs yet they, it's, it's not country yeah. but it's fucking western dude it's the west it's, yeah. country, it's kind of country yeah I couldn't get away with my hair being this long in New York yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean you could I mean, I mean you? you get I mean you, you look like a fucking hipster dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah you could get away with that shit you gotta make your jeans a little uh, tighter a little you, tighter I'm <laughs> pumping so, nickel so bread it's, it's, it's been seven years now since you've been writing passion right seven yeah, or almost, eight almost about to be eight yeah. what keeps you going man because like cats like Dallas Penn yeah. keeps the blogs going I don't understand like I still my my daily ritual it's funny we spoke to Elliot last week and he asked us what our reading habits were mm-hmm. right now with regards to blogs and I admitted to him the first site I don't the f- first site I go to is not Rap Radar mm-hmm. it's not not right it's not two dope boys it's not I, I still go to, blo- to to Byron Crawford yeah. only because you know it's for the like, girls not for the <laughs> girls not, I, as a matter of fact I skipped through the yeah, girls know, but you can't really get you're like he has a great reading list yeah. every day yeah. uh, uh, like right above the block he has a reading list of articles that touches everything from like politics to boobs to music to like current issues culture like he like he keeps my mind informed on shit that's going on outside of music, which is kind of weird because most people don't look at Bowl like that. Yeah, and I was still wondering, you know, Bowl has become like ostracized in terms of our community. He's this weird dude. 
what keeps him going? Well, what keeps you going eight years later, man? Uh, probably delusional, obsessive compulsive. Because you're not making money from the site. I mean, we make not much though. It's a beer money. I'm trying. I'm getting a, yeah, beer. I mean, we're getting redesigned. So right. keep it. So man, maybe keep an eye out for that relaunch. Yeah. So you're gonna go gonna, on like this? Uh, I'm gonna go on a media press tour. tour, like 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 rap radar. I'm gonna go on rap radar. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what's up, guys? <laughs> Elliot can like you're, you're be take, like, you're take fail it of the week, Jeff Weiss. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, but, Sit down. But, but, but is this is this really your passion, man? It, it, uh, is what my passion? Writing. Right. Yeah, writing is definitely my passion. I, I you know, I, play, I played baseball in college. That was, I thought I'd be like a pro baseball player. Right. And then that was not. I didn't do any steroids. I was like, yeah, you could do steroids and maybe play like rookie ball. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want swollen, uh, shriveled testicles for <laughs> a year of making $8,000 right. in the rookie league. But you guys have not only maintained the site, but you guys maintain somewhat of your long form writing. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like, you know, and not to say that there are there are plenty of publications that do that, right. but it's like... But known publications still. I mean, SK, not many used, of the original SK blogs. used to write. Yeah, he did. Although, uh, although the Stan Ipkiss features, he's doing it really good. Yeah, like those yeah, a lot. yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, everyone used to write, but, like, again, like, it's the same thing. Like, like SK has to, you know, if he's living off of his, I don't know, I don't know his financial situation, but if he's, no, he's, he's doing off his well, blog, he's doing well off that's now. great. Yeah. yeah, but, like, so he's got to have, like, and he does, to be fair, like, he does a really good job of filtering, but a lot of blogs don't even have any filter whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. And that's how do you make money. The more things you can do, the more, and or you go to the more hateful shit. Because when I first started writing, I would be like, I was an idiot. You know, I still probably am an idiot, but, like, I would first write like screeds you know i'd write like mean-spirited like attacking people like talking because you shit. could hide your hands at the time too no one really knew who jeff weiss was in a sense right <laughs> yeah once the face got revealed the game got real right yeah man it's funny because <laughs> i look back at some of the shit like i look back at tupac was overrated oh yeah and i look at how mean-spirited i was I, back yeah. then yeah. and i was like fuck i wouldn't write that shit right totally now. man I, I wrote like the most popular post i think we ever did was the 10 worst white rappers uh that is like people you and know were people were people, people really love hating all white i mean i like no, what's with the white white people hating on white people for? What? Is that white on white crying? That, you know, what I think it is. I think there's a lot of. I think I think like everybody at this point has tried to rap. I think every like white person at some point like well, everybody, was like everybody you know, everybody white, regardless white, white people who love hip hop hate yeah, people totally who fucking who uh, I don't understand I but never I, understood that but. no I some of my favorite rap, like some of my favorite rappers are like white you know not Beastie Boys but I even I like I love Aesop Rock is one of my favorite rappers I love LP always have um yeah Bubba Sparks was Bubba great. Sparks was dope yeah. I mean, there's been there's been like plenty of good white. I mean, and just kid John Wayne in in L. A. on Stone's Throw is is dope. You you, ha- you you're you're supposed to be a little bit better. It's a weird time right now where there's critique, particularly from black writers, that like hip hop journalism is no country for black men anymore or for black people. And it's it's weird because I don't really want to subscribe to that, but I do notice that the voices that are more appreciated right now in hip hop are white voices. You know. Well, it's, Pitch, not, it's definitely not like how it was when the source was kind of, Pitchfork. You know. Pitchfork ratings are the most c- coveted ratings you can get yeah, right now. Yeah, I'd agree sense. with that. So what, what's going on right now? What, well, I mean, actually, I think Craig Jenkins is probably doing the most hip-hop right. stuff. And I, I think, I, I don't know exactly, but I think he's from Harlem originally. Okay. And so, I mean... Oh, what is it with the with the, with the with the, with these publications right now that, that they're in this space? I feel, I mean, it's, it's probably, you know, I think there's been some really good, I think one of the smoking section guys made this point originally, but it's... It's it's I think a lot of it is like maybe a class thing too because it's like it's it's hard to get I mean like how are you going to afford getting an internship at one of these publications when they don't pay you when you got to yeah. pay your bills and your parents aren't giving you any money that like puts, but that was never an issue before I mean that was the no, same no because you could get jobs like but and like, but, but you had a lot of interns you also had a lot of hip hop publications right. too where right. like you know what midnight you had you had, 
Word Up, you know, Rap Pages. You had Ego, Word, Trip, yeah. you had you, Word Up, you had yeah. all of those magazines. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, you had, and even like a Grand Royal was right. doing stuff. Like, then you, and then that was just like the hip hop publications. Right. You know, how I many, Rolling Stone was doing stuff, Spin, like all these places were doing, you know, big things, Vibe, obviously. And now it's like, I mean, they still exist, but, you know, they don't pay the same level. And it's really they, they become marginalized, and I hate to say this, they become marginalized, and, and now the mainstream media really controls the space. I mean, well, I don't want to say mainstream I, like Entertainment Weekly, but yeah. well, the thing about Pitchfork is that that I have a lot of respect for is that uh, like you, you, whatever people want to say about them, they still are an independent publication. Right. Like with the one guy founded it, it's not owned by like you know this this board of directors in the whole night. But totally, right. yeah, which is which is cool. Um, but I I do think like it is it's editors have to kind of they have to look for like black writers and and develop develop them as writers that's another thing like it's like kind of like a and ring and shit you know what i mean it's like you don't get artists developed the same way you're expected to kind of just like figure it out yourself and i feel like writers are like that too like it's hard to you know i was an, like we we're talking about what we wrote eight years ago my shit was a lot of it was awful right you know and it took me a lot of time and like and you and, and, and you, you you're actually passionate about writers i mean about writing well yeah then that's kind of one of the things about passion the weiss is i would hope that like everyone that's written for it they at least got edited and a lot of my writers have gone on to write for bigger publications and you know like we have we have several black writers writing for us and like i you know i'd like wish there were more <laughs> but quarter of the staff is or like a fifth of the staff but but i guess the, the, the other side of the coin is that you know there are certain things that people feel might be being lost in translation i in terms totally of, agree of how the culture is being critiqued you know yeah. you, you have you know and I, I mean it's almost cliche right now but you have uh chief keith yeah you know who i thought released a horrible album last year but pitchfork gives it a 7.5 I like I liked his album. I didn't love his album, but I thought there were like four or five really good songs. On and then record. I look around the landscape, particularly this summer, and it seemed like almost every mainstream journalist panned Magna Carta. Magna Carta. Yeah, Jay Z's Magna Carta, and I I couldn't understand that because I thought the album was dope, and I thought you know most people that I could relate to in the culture thought the album was dope. Really? Not necessarily his best album, yeah. but I just noticed it was like a dividing, it was a, it was across racial lines in terms of what people thought. That's interesting. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I wasn't crazy about the album, but right. like, I also like, Jay, like, you know, when before there was like, you know, I guess there were like, in LA it wasn't maybe as severe the whole like underground versus, you know, mainstream kind of divide. Right. So I, I, I love Jay-Z from Reasonable Doubt. I remember playing, play, hearing that cassette in my friend's car in high school. That was all we'd listen to. I liked even In My Lifetime Volume 1. A lot of people, I mean, In My Lifetime Volume 2. I mean, two, that's but, become, that's emerged as like one of his better albums yeah, over I mean, time. Yeah. There's some great songs on that, you know, and he still plays some of them, you know, at his shows, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, like coming, I didn't like it because... I remember that. I remember that. Old, like I, I, I loved like shit like Hey Poppy, right? Or like you know the Diamonds, the the Blue Streak song yeah, that and, he did. And, and, you know, like but, random. And and you, Jay I, and I was, I would say that you're probably one of the few cats that 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 are on the landscape right now that do remember that. I mean, I, I mean, I remember that too. And and I know Jay Z, the graveyard, Jay Jay Z is not gonna do reasonable doubt music anymore. No, but he can't. But he, he yeah. can't. But I'm listening to Magna Carta. It's funny because I said this earlier. Or in a prior episode, I remember the album dropped, and it was myself, Dallas Penn, and my wife, July 4th, in the car, playing that album all day. Yeah. And it was a perfect album for that day. Yeah. And so I, I still can't, is it a cultural thing that, that, you know, in terms of what makes certain music appealable to some people? So I, don't, I mean, see, for, and another thing that made me is like, I don't, I don't have that kind of, I can, there's, like, I used to relate to Dre, be, uh, Jay, right. because 
he gave you like you could feel like that connection. He had just come up and like he was now tasting the success. And now I can't relate to it because it's, to so, that, it's so it's so like he's haunting. But you know he's in Brooklyn. You right. know shadowing Basquiat's grave. Right. You know. But 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 so, but buying, what is it yeah. about Chief Keith that people relate to? I don't think they relate to him. Well, right. and I think there is a legitimate in Chicago. They're legitimately that was a organic phenomenon. That's a, if you want to talk underground hip hop, that was like legitimately. And I love and it's funny. I was just in Chicago last week, and I love their movement. I got a, yeah. a chance. To I think really Little Dirk is dope. I think. I mean, and then on the other side, you have. I, I, but see, I don't even want to say like the thing about like a kid like Chance the Rapper right. is he's not, and which I think is actually kind of cool about hip hop now is he's not in opposition to a Chief Keef, whereas maybe like. 20 years ago he might have been he might have been like fuck that shit right. that ignorant shit but now he's like hey I, I get it like I you know I do the money dance like he you know he he jack I bought by flex and like he'll make a connection to juke music in Chicago and he'll he's bringing in all these but then he'll attribute like he'll say AC alone's one of his favorite rappers right. or something I mean there's no division but it just seems like and and we've you've heard this 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 argument before it seems like lowest common denominator rap music is more applauded by Journalists that are in well, I think the, I, I, I journalists no, that are in main, you, mainstream right now. You can't. My my problem with it always yeah. has been like if you look, I like a lot of lowest commentator shit. Right. Like I, you know, I, I do make, too. It's fun. Yeah, it's you know, it's fun. Like you want something that make, makes you feel good. Like right. and but see, my problem is when you try to like overly intellectualize it. Right. You know what I mean? Like no one needs to be like chief. You know, and, and I'm friends with the guy who wrote the review. This controversial Jordan Sargent. He's a good writer and he's a smart guy. And I'm not saying him in general, but like there, I feel there is when people overly intellectualize it, then it kind of, you run the risk of like getting these accusations right. or whatever. Whereas you can just, but I mean, to be fair, like when you're writing a review, you can't just be like, yeah, this is tight. I like to listen to my car when I'm this driving. You can't, you can't. Dope beats. Yeah. Well, you can though. It's funny because I was, I was looking at, at your haiku review. Uh, somebody had a re- haiku review on your site yeah. of, of Magna Carta and it made I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean it was artistically done and it was very simple and you guys got across Ye- what you thought about the album yeah well I mean I think it was there's like a famous book Oscar Wilde he's like if you're gonna tell the truth be funny or else people are gonna wanna kill you yeah, that's true so I always try you know if like I'm gonna pan I mean like I didn't like Magna Carta but I was like you know what I can't sit there and um diss Jay-Z because I loved Jay-Z so much you know what I mean even though like I don't have I can't relate to I feel like Jay-Z's almost like become this like massive rap Republican at this point and you know it's ill because I guess I'm older and I have a family yeah and I I can't relate Jay-Z's wealth but I can relate to some of the things that he goes through I can relate to you know for me having a beautiful wife and a kid and you know how do you maintain your edge in a period where the 40 plus year old rap or the 40 plus your old b-boy is not relevant anymore and i could relate to that yeah and it's hard you know he's at that kind of level and right. I, but I, you know and a guy like slick rick whenever he'll drop something is still like amazing like right. he doesn't drop in every but like whenever he drops a verse it's always but i mean for me like i reviewed it um it was like a, a letter to rock nation shareholders from jay-z mm. so that was how i reviewed it because right. i didn't want to like have to go and write this whole like what do i you know it's hard to write a negative review unless it's like unless it's really bad Unless this is really bad. I mean, like, really bad. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Pete, you you playing the, beat, the 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 album in your car all front, fucking front summer? To, front to back, man. I'm still I'm still listening to it, man. I'm still I, I I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I think I I like the positive messages. I like the stunting in it. I, like, for instance, I give you two examples. I like I don't pop Molly. I rock Tom Ford. Fuck Tom Ford, but I like the fact that he's saying like, yo, I don't fucking do that shit. Uh, you know, this is what I do. And Even then, though he's being materialistic in the song. Yeah, but I, I like that because right. I always, I, I like... He is consistent. Like, I you mean, can't never say Jay was not materialistic. Right. And the, and the other version is I like where, you know, like in Crown, where he's like, you know, Scott Boris, you over, baby. Robinson Cano, you I, come I mean, with me. I mean, how can you not like that? 
I love it keeps that going trend, at the establishment right, still. Right, right, right. The establishment that still has an accept. I mean, it's at a higher altitude, but he's still trying to go against the establishment. And the things that he says in, in, in even even in Holy Grail, like I really, really I always love lyrics. And I know that album may not be one of the best albums, but some of the things he's saying in there talk to me. Even like when he's talking about like the shit I've been through and the cameras are flashing out. That's light work. Like what am I complaining about? Yeah. You know, well, I, you know. I, for, to me, he doesn't have like a you know. You must love me, or there's right. no like friend or. But, but he's not there he anymore. He's, he's not there, and I respect that. Right. For I, I, and the beats are cool. Like there's a lot of really good beats on right. the album. It's a well produced record. It's a well. It's not a terrible. I, I just think it's not a terrible record. Right. It's not like a terrible. You know, it doesn't deserve to be panned. It just is. But like it a, was panned. I mean, if you look, really look at the landscape of, of of the of the I guess the publications, online publications, or even print publications that mattered, it seemed like it was panned. I mean, you know, I like. I feel like sometimes it's like I'm always sympathetic to the reviewer because yeah. it's like so. It's, it's hard it's to write. It's hard. It is. You know hard what I mean? Write, like right. so, it's like sometimes like you'll write something and it doesn't come out the way you want. Before we close, man, I know we spoke about this earlier, man. Like you, you know, everybody talks about rap beefs, and it, it seems like right now, man, like journalists kind of like have beefs in the whole nine. And recently, you had a beef, right? With with well, not recent, but a couple years ago, you had a beef with Tom Brahan. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I wrote like a, I wrote like a piece bashing him for like I don't know like you know it's funny he's like, easy to bash man yeah he's tall he's tall has a lot of room yeah but um ah. no we we squashed it he um you know like as I've got older I've realized it's like really foolish to kind of get mad at somebody about their music taste right and when I was younger I was like man how can you write that about lollipop that song sucked right and I'll still say lollipop sucked right. like you know what I mean like a million great song but I always thought fucking lollipop sucked I still do I thought it was a cynical song and I don't think it was like it was it was our fifty cent ripoff. Obviously, the world disagrees with me, but I don't really care. Right. Like, I've never been one to kind of give a fuck about my. Uh, okay. But I remember you, you, you came in and 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 you know put a put a mark on his chest. With oh the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. We, I have my beef with <laughs> was, But once again, that's when I had the the, the luxury of the, the being being yeah anonymity and, and yeah. people really and and I realized that 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 now that I'm taking more responsibility with my image yeah. publicly, that I've got to be responsible with my words as, as well because this is a very delicate. Yeah. ecosystem. I talked to Dallas Penn a lot about this, man. This is a real delicate ecosystem. Uh, yeah, feel if you fire a shot yeah. at one person and you don't know how that how that connection can come back to you, it could fuck up the whole operation. Yeah, man. I mean, and like also like you get older and I think like I was saying earlier, like you realize like everyone's trying. Right. Everyone's, you know, everyone's trying. trying their best. Right. And like even like well, I like I make fun of Macklemore. Some people yeah, maybe some people that's the only time I really can hate on someone. Right. That's why like I hate on Drake so much even though I don't think Drake's music is so terrible because right. I feel like there's a cynicism to it. Like I feel like he's not maybe representing all parts of himself mm. in a way to get He's money. hiding behind I don't so, know if he's hiding behind it. It's just I don't know. Like, what is the true Drake? What he's like presidential. You know what I mean? Like he's a Clinton, and I, I, I like Bill Clinton. I, I, I vote. You know, I would vote for Bill Clinton, but he's just slick. Like he's, I, he's my slick. dad had a friend once slick who knew Dick Bill Clinton, Clinton, and I was like, "Oh, Bill Clinton's the man." And he goes, "Son, if Bill Clinton's your only friend, you have no friends." Fuck. So wow. You know. Fuck. Well, listen, man. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank the you show, for having man. me. Congratulations again Love on your book, Tupac versus yeah. Biggie Man, in bookstores and Amazon.com near you. And uh, congratulations also, man. Shots fired. Internet, shots fired. Shots it's coming fired. to Loudspeakers Network. Really? Man. When's our first episode, man? What, what are we going to do, man? I think we should uh, throw a party. We yeah. can have uh, Chief Keef there. And some strippers. We can have Chief Keef <laughs> there. Tom Ryan, you're invited. <laughs> How many pages um, is that? Papoose could be there. Papoose, yes. Yeah, you'll be for Papoose? <laughs> you know what? It's funny, man. I thought he's the king of New York. I've been trying to, I've been try, I've been, I've been trying to get Papoose on this show, man, for about a year now. He, he's not fucking with us. 
He's definitely he's, not he's gonna go on shots fired. He's, he's gonna go. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He might go on shots fired. He's gonna, he's gonna be like Eminem when he left the source <laughs> yeah, for Double exactly. XL. Be like, well, I don't care the, anymore. We got shots fired. You number. know, but once again, man, welcome to the family. Let's let's rock this shit, man. Yeah, East man. Coast, West Coast. Let's knock this shit it's, out. That's where we are. Hit them up. We no longer need the Biggie and Tupac yeah, beef. Not we at can, all, man. East and West can come together as one. There you go. And I hope to. I hope <laughs> when I finally meet No Can Do again, man, that he cuts that shit off, man. It's no shots, but. You gotta cut that shit off, man. It's so fucking distracting. <laughs> no can do. Talking to another black man. You got a fucking tail, man. Yeah, if, yeah, him in the outfit, Texas. They both, they, it was like, you know, have you seen Back to the Future 2 where like future Jennifer yeah, yeah, but you gotta Jennifer. tell, you gotta tell people this. Like if you have a, <laughs> I couldn't a, tell him in Atlanta. Why couldn't you? You know, my friend, my friend called me the other day. I was focusing on doing the show, man. Yeah, but, 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 but people don't say things. My friend called me the other day. He's banging his fucking hot girl, but he told me when he had a bent over, she had like a hair patch on the fucking back of her ass. He said he felt like Buzzing the fucking thing while he's banging her. I'm like, yo, right, tell that? the fucking girl so she gets rid of it, yo, or get rid of her. You, he might, he might not get the ass though. B. Then buzz that shit while he's banging. Yeah, listen, that would be classic. Right? You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams, man. Up and live those dreams, because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blah, blah. Numenati.